This Off the Hazel podcast is now driven by Delari Nissan Regina. Nissan. He gave it away. Coulter scores. Coulter, Coulter five on five. Scores! Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 38 of Off the Hosel. And as always, I am your host. My name is Drew Koser. I am not joined by my brother, Troy McClure Koser, but I am joined by the Reverend in Daniel Hegel. Koser, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? Oh, not bad, not bad. Just enjoying this last couple days of the hot summer. Oh, it's not summer anymore, but what it's about you? Cold. What about it's, you? Well, 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 we'll get to that there, uh, Danny H., but welcome aboard. Uh, no question in the house, but before we get started today, I want to mention that, as, as always, this is a Nissan-driven podcast. If you're not in a Nissan, well, you should be. Head on down to Nissan Regina, located at 1111 Broad Street, and they will take care of you. Drive Nissan. Wow. Our social media handles are at CoasterDrew, at CoasterTroy, at DHags on Twitter, and Instagram, at CoasterDrew, at YortCo, and at DanielHagel5. Wow, what an intro. I'm excited. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so what's going on, man? How was, uh, how was the weekend? Um, let, let me think here. What did I do this weekend? Oh, I'm like, I'm like Troy every time. <laughs> what did I do this weekend? No. Um, I didn't do much, obviously. No, I worked all weekend. Yeah, I worked all weekend, so I didn't do anything. Um, got lots of sleep, worked nights, and yeah. I heard you guys had a good weekend oh. down at the Royal. Did we ever? How did that tournament go? Well, to be humble, eh, my show, our show, the Royal laid a beat down on the Wascana, fifteen to nine over three days. Uh, we uh, we're a wagon. Yeah. You know, uh, we were a little worried on day one that Willie Chang wouldn't show up, but uh, he ran to the first tee, wasn't wearing the proper shorts, same color as our team, didn't have a hat, but he made it though, and uh, he played for all three days. Uh, we went, I think, for the first time ever in the Fraser Cup and the Lurial Cup that a team has drawn 6-0. Uh, nice. 6 nothing. sorry, so a shutout day one. Day two, they, they played well. They put their big dogs out front, and then day three, we just just had to end it. 15-9, got our money back. Um, yeah, great event, though. I mean, obviously, thanks to the Washtana for... Um, coming over to the Royal and playing in the event. It's a great event. And, and if you are a junior moving into amateur status golf and you're at a club like that, Royal, you know, Wastanum, Sashton Country Club, wherever it may be, and yeah, those events play them because they're a great time. Yeah, meeting a lot of good connections and stuff. So Yeah, it looked like a ton of fun. And I'm sure you guys celebrated pretty good on Sunday there, right? Oh, man, I hate beer. And, like, did you, did you drink out of the cup? Oh, I diesel beer out of that cup. Yeah, point. Oh, I don't know what was in there, but I was just diesel in this thing and then after i put some like uh plus ones which are like uh vodka cranberry juice and something else in there but um yeah it was deadly yeah love it love so it. so that the royal takes down that and i i think that's well if you do the math correctly it's six years in a row that we've retained the cup but it's actually three events in a row so i'm sure the washdana will be uh, hungry to win in two years from now but moving forward the royal will be uh looking uh, to get ready for the saskatoon versus regina matchup next year is uh, the Lou Real Cup. If you don't know what that means, it's the highway that divides Regina Saskatoon. I didn't know what that meant, but now I know. Now you know, and now you're in. When is that? Next that's next year you said? Next year, yeah. So they the opposite years, basically. Oh, okay. Well, uh Danny, it's some tough news today as this will be the last show for now from inside Timberstone Distribution. Uh as we're moving inside Divots Indoor Golf Center, we would like to say thank you so much to DK and his staff for accommodating us over the past few months. So uh Thank you so much. But also, we are very excited to get over to Divots Indoor Golf. Yeah. Thanks a lot, DK, for hosting us here and everyone else at Timberstone. Like I said, they, you know, we talked before. They didn't have to do it. And we had a nice office here to start out. So, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, and we're excited to head over to, to Divots. And, you know, I mean, I think we're going to do a lot of more content. I mean, it's going to help having a golf simulator there with us. And I'm going to practice lots there. Oh, oh. We're going to be deadly next, next uh, <laughs> summer. So, yeah, we're excited. And obviously, thanks again, uh, DK. And looking forward to heading over to Divots. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any golf this weekend. 
Um, the U.S. Open was on, and that course was tough. I did, yeah, I only I I was working nights, so I didn't watch too much, but it was tough though. You said or what? So day one, like JT shoots sixty five, and that should never happen in the U.S. Open. Usually, winning scores like minus one, minus two, plus yeah. one. So the the green superintendent like comes out later on interview or a tweet and he's like i'm embarrassed like no one shoots that good in my course like which is like i love it because he was like that's what he said that so the next day (laughs) was this place shaggy harry roffs like fast greens guys were like day four day three guys going out in the first six groups with 26 over par over par wow Six groups. Yeah. So the guy obviously is great at what he does, and it's a great course. I've never obviously never been there, but um, yeah, it was uh, bananas. Hmm. That's unreal. So Bryson DeChambeau wins. Uh, he was on the range, I believe, Saturday night until almost midnight. They had the whole range lit up for him. He was, man, this guy's a geek, scientist, but super. <laughs> I don't care what whatever you want to say about the guy, but he's unreal golf. This guy put on. 50 LBs or whatever it was over the COVID hits the ball a mile and he's unreal at the game. So whatever he does on his own time is whatever. But <laughs> as far as the golf course, he's uh, changing the way the game is right now. And, and congrats to Bryson. And yeah. Yeah. Congrats, Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> Bryson. <laughs> Love it. What a name. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, next week where we're heading. Well, there it is. We're uh, we're playing in Punta Cana, the Coral's Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, taking place in well, no, no rather than, no other than the Dominican. If you didn't know Ooh. from that song, is the song is literally called Punta Cana. So, um, hope that's the correct song, and we could we could lose viewers in that one. But uh, yeah, heading to the Dominican this week. Uh, well, we're not. We'll be watching from our couches, but. Yeah, I'm excited. The field looked like there was. I didn't. If I correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't see any Tiger Woods, Spieth, those guys. Like it was a lot of. You know, we have a few Canadians, Matt Hughes, uh, I believe Hearn's playing, uh, Nick Taylor. What about my boy Corey Connors. Connors is playing, but like, other than that, like, not that they're big names. It's just that there wasn't any Woods or like yeah. those. Oh. You know, the guys have been around for a long time, so hmm. uh, it should be an interesting event. Um, which obviously every week or now when we get sports is a, it's a blessing in the sky. So, um, we are going to skip the gambling corner this week. Um, no, we're not broke. Uh, we usually do with, uh, our other co-host Troy and the Reverend just, uh, well, let's take a break this week. Wait till everyone's yeah, back. Maybe we're broke. So yeah, maybe, <laughs> uh, other than that, we have a great guest today. Um, she's from Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. She lives in the States now. Um, she's basically won at every level she's played at. She's, yeah, like, I mean, it's going to be a great interview. So I think we should send it over now to uh, Anna Young, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I mean, it's on a whole other level. Really? And they're all shaved, too. Get out of here. All shaved. Now. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No bald, bush? Bald as a China No dog. bush? No bush. Oh I my know. God. I, all of a sudden, I one week, it's nobody had... Anything down there? Anymore. It's a new world. They're bald. They're bald from the eyebrows down. Wow. Nothing. Not a stitch. It's like lasers. Wow. New laser world. Treatment. See, I, I was born too, uh, too early. Well, Leo's correct. Over here at Off the Hazel, we're not a fan of the bush either. That's why we have teamed up with Manscaped. They have a brand new lawnmower 3.0 out right now, and this thing trims at 7,000 RPM. Quiet technology, and it it won't cut you. It's perfect. Listen to me speak right now from experience. This thing works. You'll enjoy it. It gets the job done. You know what? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOSL20. For 20% off of your orders, that's free shipping and HOSL20 for 20% off. Check them out, www.manscaped.com. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by a female golfer that is from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. She's an excellent golfer. She has won at almost every level. She's an ambassador for paving the way for young golfers all around Saskatchewan and more. We are pleased to welcome in Anna Young. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, thank you very much for having me. So, what's uh, what's going on? Where are you? And what's new in Anna Young's world? Well, currently, um, I'm in Humboldt, 
but I've been splitting my time between Saskatoon and Humboldt teaching golf lessons. And how's and it going? On the weekends, I've been on at the lake, which has been nice. But the lessons have been really good. It's been pretty busy. It's uh, really cool being able to teach lessons in an area where they're, um, where the golf is still really growing. Yeah, for sure. So the smaller towns. It's really cool to be a part of that change. Well, and we talked. Be- oh, sorry, Anna. I mean, we talked oh, before the okay. podcast. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, we talked obviously like how, you know, I mean, I'm trying to do this podcast and try and grow the game for the youth and whatnot. And obviously you're doing the same thing by teaching and giving back. And, you know, obviously you were a dominant junior golfer and now still playing uh, pro. So uh, where did that drive come from? Obviously uh, just wanted to teach. Well, I actually thought I would, I never thought I would be a coach on the range and uh, both my parents played growing up. Like I always just wanted to play. I never really wanted to coach. I was always really more drawn to the mental aspect of golf. Yeah. Which I think is kind of where I fell in love with it. Cause I, so I played uh, volleyball growing up and I was competitive dancer and golf was like nowhere on the radar until I was probably like 12 or 13. Um, I did some of the junior clinics at my golf course and both my parents played and that was about it until I played my first tournament and I realized I could hit the ball in the air and it was so much fun. (laughs) And then I just kind of ran with it from there and kind of took it pretty seriously when I was 15. And then I left for grade 11 and 12 to play down in the States and go to school there to finish high school. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you mentioned, well, you just mentioned that at 15, you wanted to get yourself an NCAA scholarship. Why was that, and how did you go about it? Um, well, my golf coach had mentioned that that was an option, and honestly, I didn't really know that that was a thing, because when you're growing up, you're just not really, I don't know, I feel like it, getting a scholarship just wasn't really something I thought of until my coach mentioned it, and I was like, oh, that would be like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kyla Ray got a scholarship, and Ashley Olnick got a scholarship, and it was just really cool to see how, you know, playing with them as a junior they were 18 and 17 and I was 13 and 14 just like seeing how their game changed when they went down to the states um and you know playing amateur events with them it was just really motivating for me to be like oh my gosh this is so cool Mm -hmm. I could go live somewhere in the states and play golf yeah and that was just like that was it I wanted to do it so would you say, Anna, I mean, like, obviously when I was playing junior golf, I was on like that, I don't know what the, what the site was called, but it was a, you know, show your video and, and a resume and, you know, play and show, showcase yourself. Would you say it's, you know, harder now with all the social media and whatnot to uh, grab, a, grab a golf scholarship? Well, I think, it's, I think it depends on where you're from a little bit too. Um, like playing down in the States for my last years of high school, another motivation to do that was so that I could get seen a little bit more by college coaches because in Canada, a lot of college coaches kind of skip over Saskatchewan. They really focus on like Ontario, BC and Quebec. They don't really look at any of the other provinces. So if you're from one of the smaller provinces getting a scholarship, it's really important to try and go play as much down south as you can or, you know, play the bigger tournaments in Canada and have a good showing. Yeah, that's That's a really big difference. That's kind of funny to say that. I mean, my cousin, who caddies now in the PGA, he went, he was a top uh, top junior and amateur in obviously Alberta, but he went down for grade 11, 12 to North Carolina in high school and finished his 11, 12 there and then went to Houston for one year. But it, it clearly shows that if you play down there, it's uh, maybe a better chance. Yeah, definitely. It, it makes a difference. I mean, I'm pretty sure some college coaches even go, like, I really think they even go to some of the AM events for like in those provinces, but they wouldn't really come to Saskatchewan ever. <laughs> yeah, which is which is sad, though. Yeah, it is, and it's it's tough. I think um, it, it's tough because our, our season is so short here, so we kind of get bypassed. But um, honestly, it having a short season really gave me an edge on my golf swing because it was the only thing I worked on in the winter. Um, and then obviously going down south after that for grade 11 and 12 was really beneficial because then my short game kind of, you know, closed a little bit of a gap. My long game was still the best part of my game for a long time, but um, that really made a difference just because they get so much more time on grass and getting to able, you know, they're able to putt, they're able to play more. For sure. We lose that, but our swings are really good because we get to work on them for so long in the winter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
So let's move into some Saskatchewan stuff I wanted to ask you about. I mean, you mentioned uh, via email, but uh, you won five Sask Women Provincials. And now is that in a row? Um, no. So I won four, and then the next year I had gotten wrist surgery, so I actually couldn't play. Ouch. And then I came back and won. I know, I was so sad. <laughs> I came back and won the next one, um, and then that was my last year of an amateur. So I as got a... to play the... Uh, the Canadian amateur event, the last one um, at Riverside, which is my home course, which was super cool. Yeah, that's a great course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to add, just backtrack to a junior golf. I mean, were you quite dominant as well in, in the junior circuit? Um, I was towards the later end of my junior years. Um, I was kind of a late starter compared to some of the girls I was playing with. Um, and not even that late. I mean, my first tournament was 12. I shot 131 and 129. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Um, and then out of like the, you know, two or three girls that I played with in Saskatoon, uh, they were all at a higher level than me. And then I slowly just kind of improved very quickly. And probably when I was 15 was when I was, when I really got good. That was when I, and that was also when I decided that I wanted to leave. So, um, yeah, I honestly, I didn't really dominate anything until probably my last year or two, because that was when I really decided that that was what I wanted to do. So, I mean, winning five uh, women provincials, I mean, not in a row, but four in a row and then winning a fifth, would you say, you know, winning those and, and, and the grinds of and then the process, would that help to you in, in the long run and moving forward to your career now? Yeah, I think living in Saskatchewan, it really, it really taught me how to play in contention just because we don't have as many competitive golfers and the ones that we do have, they are good. But I think that sometimes we can lose sight of the long-term goals. Yeah. Um, I was really thankful that my coach always, you know, compared my stats to LPGA and PGA stats. And it really just kept me going because if I just looked at you know, what I was doing in Saskatchewan and not looking at a Canadian level, you know, national level or international level, then I would have lost some of that drive because I would have been, you know, getting first and second or third quite a bit. And when you're almost winning all the time, it's... gets frustrating. Um, no, I wouldn't say frustrating, but I would say um, I would think I was better than I was. Mm-hmm. I guess I was good, but at a national level or an international level, I definitely had work to do. Right. Um, how did you get into a golf academy in the States? What was that process like? Um, you know, so I played a spring golf, or I went to a spring golf camp in Orlando, um, and Sean Foley was the, you know, kind of nice. head name of that academy before he got really big, because um, they had started a golf academy for Canadians um, in Ontario, and then they moved one down to Florida. So I'd gone to one of their spring golf camps when we were in Orlando on vacation. And then, you know, I don't even remember this, but apparently I told my parents after that week when I was 15, I was like, these kids get to play all the time. I was like, if I want to go to school in the States, I, I got to do something like this. And I don't mm. remember saying that, but they told me that. And I, was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man, I was such a go-getter. Don't kill <laughs> <tell> me. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So how was yeah, that in Florida? Uh, it was really good. It was cool. I, you know, I got to go to school in the mornings. Um, and part of the afternoon, then we'd go to the gym and then we'd go straight to the golf course. Mm-hmm. So I think we'd work out three times a week. And then the other days we would just go straight to the golf course and then go home and study and do it all over again. And then they would drive us to tournaments and all that. So really a lot of good experience and being down there all the time. I got to play the, you know, American events where the college coaches are looking for prospective people. So that mm-hmm. was really really cool and obviously good for my golf career and getting a scholarship but mm-hmm. really cool to be able to move away at that age and i think i really grew up yeah that's quick. awesome well mm-hmm. you i mean you must be smart anna because i mean i was supposed to go play golf in minot and like i saw the schedule and i'm like no <laughs> way <laughs> no chance well <laughs> i think being a student athlete really you really have to love the sport like being able to to have the mindset to do all of your school and also be awake for quite a few weekends, it, it is a lot. You really have to want it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I love the game, but not love school. We'll, we'll clarify <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so on the topic of college, I mean, how, how was experience overall, like golf stats? I mean, and I believe you graduated with a psych degree, correct? Yes, I did. Do you want to um, talk I, about your experience there? Yeah, it was uh, obviously very busy. Um, it was nice to have an off-season later in the fall season to be able to just focus on school and finals. Um, but it was also the opposite in spring when, you know, you're going through finals and you are also competing in the conference tournaments. And then, you know, soon after that is regionals and then nationals. So quite a big flip between the two times that you take finals during the year. Um, but it was, it was really good being busy because it really taught me, I mean, I was always good with managing time, but having to manage my time and my studies to that degree was, um, really, really tough. I had to be really good at scheduling what I wanted to do and actually being diligent about doing it. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're traveling for tournaments, like being able to study on planes or having, you know, some people, some of my teammates had to take exams like online oh, wow. while they were at the tournament. So like being able to handle taking an exam early, taking an exam late, taking an exam during an event, like there's a lot to manage and a lot of emotion and a lot of, um, you know, focus that you have to be able to pull together in the times that you need it. So Anna, let's move in now to some pro golf talk and we'll talk about obviously the 2018, um, the LPG event that took place there later, but, mm-hmm. uh, where was your first win? What did you shoot and how special was it for you? Um, well, my first win was at a golf course in Florida. It was a mini tour event, um, at Aliqua golf and country club just north of Orlando and it's such a cool course it's super tight like if you miss the fairway you're either in a pond or very close to out of bounds oh wow um and those kinds of courses I play really well at because I hit it pretty straight but I feel like the harder the course the better I play um also the harder the conditions like weather I also play better in that so the harder it is usually the better I play um it was really cool I don't even remember what I shot I think, I want to say I had like a, a one over and then a five under, and then I think I had an even score or a one under after that, but I, I would have nice. to check. I actually don't know. <laughs> good plan. I, I had a really good round in there. And then I believe you had another win as well? Yes, one more win. Um, I want to say 2019, maybe? No, maybe 2018. Um, and it was at um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was playing another mini tour event. And, uh, it was really fun. That was such a, that was such a cool course too. Um, it was at a course in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So just outside Tulsa. So, um, and then I actually went to university of Tulsa for a year before I transferred to Florida for my last three years. So that was really cool to have, um, like to check out Tulsa again, cause I hadn't been there in like six years. So if so we I, backtrack this, like all the reminiscing, reminiscing, um, feelings. Mm-hmm. So if we backtrack this, why the switch from Tulsa and then over to play for the Gators for three years? Um, when I was at Tulsa, I was originally wanting to do a business uh, degree. And then when I was taking all these business classes, I realized I didn't really like business. But um, me and the coach didn't quite get along there. He had a very old school way of coaching. And I have not really been taught in the break you down, build you up kind of way. Um so we didn't quite get along very well. And I realized that it wasn't actually very good for my golf game. And mentally, I was like, okay, if I stay here, I don't think I'm going to play professionally after this because I'm going to hate golf. So I decided mm-hmm. that leaving, if I wanted a chance at playing professionally, would be best for me. And um, the coach at the time, um, he had had quite a few girls transfers, so I knew that it wasn't like uh, that I was just being a baby about the situation. Yeah. I knew that I really just wasn't in a good place for me to progress and grow for so sure. I moved and it was I'm glad I did it was a good switch and my coach in Florida was there or my coach was in Florida so he wasn't far away from the school that I went to so it was a good a good switch and then I switched to, into psychology and they have a good psych program there so that was a lot of good things really and he played for the daters which is unreal yeah so. yes that was very cool <laughs> 
And then you uh, turned pro in 2015 and played on the Symmetra Tour from yeah. 2016 to 2018, right? Yes. Um, what was that experience like? Um, very stressful. Stressful, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the first couple of years I had conditional status, so I wasn't playing in every event. But oh, they, really? what they do is they have a priority list. So mm -hmm. I played LPGA qualifying, and then I was given a number. And based on that number, I could apply into a tournament and I would either get in if, you know, like say my number was, you know, 215 and the person who signed up after me was, you know, person 200. They would get in the tournament before me. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there would be a lot of weeks where I wouldn't know that I was playing and it was very confusing because I didn't really have a, I didn't really have like a mental end point and be like, okay, so the tournament starts Friday if I have like and I kind of figured it out the second year and this was this was my system so if I if the tournament started on Friday I would want at least one practice round ideally two um so I would want to get there on no later than you know Monday night or Tuesday like realistically if I'm going to put myself in an event and when you're on the alternate list every single week you kind of have to be you know you want to get into every event but it's also is it the real question is, is it worth it? Yeah. And are you going to play well under these very last minute conditions? Because mm -hmm. there were some tournaments that I would get in like the morning of, like I would literally be waiting all day for someone not to show up for their tea time. And I would be oh, the wow. next person in. Wow. And that only happened once. And I had waited, you know, there were two days where I was the first alternate and I never got in. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yes. So like having the last minute scheduling was really difficult. Plus, you know, I would have to fly to wherever that tournament was. It's not like, they were close or they could be, but you know, they ranged from, you know, mostly like Eastern United States, but Eastern central, and then maybe a few in the West. So usually I would have to like Monday night was my cutoff on that, that second year when I kind of figured out what worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't get in by Monday night, I would pull my name off of the waiting list and then I would just commit to whatever I originally planned for that week. Hmm. But that's having crazy to say no to that was, so hard for me because I wanted to get in all the tournaments and then get status and then earn more money on that list so that it would, you know, help me later in the year. Yeah. But at the same time, that first year was so stressful because I didn't have any consistency. I mean, let alone traveling every week for tournaments, but then also, you know, I would come home and this is my, this is the funniest way to explain it. People would ask me, Hey, cool. Like you're home. So where are you, where are you going next week? And I'm like, well, I'm either going to be in, Dallas or I'm going to be in, you know, Florida. And I didn't know. <laughs> I really didn't know when I was supposed to be leaving in like three days or two days. I just had no idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Anna, let's now let's backtrack this now. Two years now to 2018. I mean, how special was it getting to play on home soil and in the LPGA event that took place at the Wascana in Regina? And I believe a friend of the show a couple of times, Danny Kluhart, was your caddy. Um, mm -hmm. walk us through that week leading up to it and the tournament itself. Well, it was Loaded really question. cool getting into it. Yeah, I know. So many <laughs> questions. <laughs> um, I was really hoping I would get in. Obviously, obviously as the only local professional, I would have been surprised if I didn't, but it was still super exciting when I, you know, finally got the letter saying I was in. Nice. Um, it was a really tough choice though, because it's the same week as LPJ qualifying. And it oh. has been every single year, but the craziest part was this was the first year, like, when they canceled Q School now with COVID, but this was the first year that they had changed the Canadian Open dates or they changed Q School dates, and they weren't on the same one. So for my entire professional career, the Canadian Open and first stage LPJ qualifying were on the same week. So I could never apply for, you know, a yeah. sponsor's exemption because I never really knew if I was going to be in first stage or second stage. Mm -hmm. So... Oh. I chose the Canadian Open, of course, the first one ever in Saskatchewan. I could not. I yeah. knew if I looked back 10 years from now, I was like, if I choose Q School over this, I'm going to be so pissed that that was a stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> so I forewent all of my status for the next year, which was really scary because I didn't know what that really, yeah. what that would look like. Um, but I'm so glad that I did because it was probably one of my favorite weeks of my life, honestly. Um, but it also was just a really cool week to be able to grow golf in Saskatchewan. And I think that was 
um, a turning point for me when I realized that I really, really wanted to be able to help people and be a part of change, not just the inspiration of it. For sure. Um, because one of my motivations as a professional golfer from Saskatchewan was being like, okay, I want to be the best in the world, but I want to be the best in the world being from where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Because not a lot of people come from Saskatchewan and play a high, a really, really high level of golf, let alone, you know, anywhere that has weather like we do. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that was kind of one of my motivations was to inspire people. If you really want to go for it, you can do it. You just have to, you just have to sacrifice things that aren't necessarily as important as, as your dream. Um, cause there's a lot that I gave up, you know, having that lifestyle. And then even as well, leaving as a kid, you know, I left everything I knew to go pursue golf at the age of 16. And then, you know, everything after that, like I've missed so many of my, you know, I've missed three of my cousin's weddings for golf tournaments. Cause you know, I got in last minute or I, you know, couldn't fly home or, you know, just the schedule and, that's really, really something that I struggled with because I was never home and I got to come home a few times a year, you know, more in the summer, a little bit in the winter, but you know, you really give up a lot when mm -hmm. you're traveling every week and you know, I'm technically my own boss, but if I choose not to play in an important tournament, like, is that a good choice? I don't know. Yeah. Well, so it, it's a lot of that. It's kind of funny. I mean, even like Daniel would know this too. Like, I mean, I was, I've been told by lots of golf pros around here and guys when I was trying to like you know, maybe if I had a chance to play that, you know what, you have to be selfish at times and you have to practice, you have to play and you miss events and you miss parties and you miss this because at the end of the day, if you don't put the work in, mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to perform well. Right. So I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's, you know, I missed weddings and, and whatnot too, but I mean, you're at a different level, you're a professional golfer, right? So you have to mm -hmm. play to make money and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Honestly, that was something that was really hard for me to do. And I, I kind of, learned that after my first year of playing on tour like that was just a huge learning curve of figuring out what worked for me and what worked for me and not you know if it worked for somebody else that didn't mean it would work for me too that was mm -hmm. a huge huge learning curve and I think we can apply this to you know anyone's life really you know there are a million different ways to live and there are so many successful ways to live that if you're not doing it true to yourself you're just holding yourself back. Like you have to be honest yeah. about what you're doing and if that's going to get you to where you want to go, but you also have to do it your way. Yeah. Like, yes, okay. there are other ways and there might be good advice that, you know, maybe one way might've helped you more, but if you didn't really believe in it, then it wouldn't have helped anyways. Mm -hmm. That's uh perfectly said, Anna. I mean, uh, and I want to piggyback that now. Would you say a guy like Graham, you know, Delette, obviously, w w was he a big inspiration for you growing up? You know what? I didn't really know who he was when I was growing up, which is super sad. <laughs> but um, I feel like athletes in Saskatchewan don't always get the recognition that they deserve, only because um, all of the really good athletes that I know they're from here, I, you know, I don't really, I didn't really know who they were until I found out, and I was like, oh my gosh, how do we not like bring these people up? Like we have, you know, we had Graham Delat, like one of the best golfers in the world. Yep. Um, Rusty Malinowski, one of the best wakeboarders in the world. And the only reason why I know who Rusty Malinowski is is because his sister taught me grade three, and I loved wakeboarding in grade three. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's the only reason why I know who he is. <laughs> like, how crazy. <laughs> and I know there are a couple other really awesome athletes from Saskatchewan, but I don't, I can't recall their names. But it's, it's kind of tough growing up in a place where, like, I guess compared to the States, the States focus so much on sports yeah and in canada we do to a point but it's like once everybody leaves to go do their sport there's not as much like recognition of them which isn't a bad thing but mm -hmm. i feel like people in the states or maybe other provinces i'm not i, can't, I guess i can't really compare it to other provinces but um they really you know publicize the people that are really great at things from where they're from mm-hmm does that make sense? Yeah, oh yeah. And I, even down the states, like, I feel like you say, "Oh, I'm from Saskatchewan," and a lot of people down there, are like Saskatchewan, where's that? You know, they don't they don't know much about uh, provinces in Canada, or maybe they just Not at you know. All. So, but Funny anyways, story on that. what's I, that? I literally played with a girl in junior golf who lived a couple states below us, and 
asked me if Saskatchewan was in Africa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's what I mean, and though. Like, that's crazy. It's, canceled. It's so crazy, but I kind of get it because it's not their fault. They don't learn no. in school. No. But, yeah, and then like we so learn everything tough. about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't learn anything about us, but, yeah, that's, it is it's funny. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, over the last this last year, you've recently su- suffered a shoulder injury. What uh, sorts yeah. of things have you been doing to rehab it and get yourself back to 100%? Um, well, I injured it working out, I want to say in June, maybe. And then, um, I just kind of took a break. I went to physio. I didn't really golf as much because I knew that borders weren't opening anytime soon. So I wasn't really in any rush. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I wanted it get, to get better, but that was also why I didn't, you know, push it. Cause I was like, well, if I push it, then I'm just going to, it's going to take longer to fix. Yeah. Um, so I went to physio a couple of times and then I got in to see my doctor to get referred to a specialist and it's taken a little bit of time to get referred, but I'm finally have another appointment or an appointment to see a specialist, um, for it. Cause I don't really know what's going on. Um, I think it's shoulder cuff related, but Yeesh. I just know there, you know, I have feel like a shooting pain through my bicep, but it is in fact my shoulder. So I was doing some exercises with physio, but it hasn't quite um, been fixed yet and it's not like now it really feels like it's recovered but then as soon as I start working out or doing anything more active with my upper body I can feel it so I know it's not completely fixed yet mm-hmm. so Anna lastly before we go to our segment called questions from the gallery um, you know I, I kind of initially before I had Daniel and my brother join the podcast I started this as I felt no one was really covering you know golf at Saskatchewan and people like yourself and the Ty Wrights the Dean Browns um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously now you're at a professional level playing, you know, up and down Symmetra and trying to get up to the LPGA. What is something that you could tell, you know, a, a young, you know, junior girl golfer, junior boy golfer, you know, someone that wants to, um, you know, pursue a dream that the same path that you went on or in, even not golf, just even life related, just, uh, some just good advice for them. I would say, keep looking like, keep, if you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself to the best in the world. You can't just compare yourself with the people around you because if you want to be better, you have to be comparing yourself to the best. Mm-hmm. But looking at it realistically saying, okay, I'm here and you know, the, my hero is way up here. What are the steps I can take to get closer to that? Realistically speaking and not thinking you're going to change everything overnight. Right. Well, that's a, that's greatly said or spot on. Yeah. <laughs> was that a loss for words from that? <laughs> That was, uh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Alrighty, off to our segment now called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code off the hosel 20 for 20% off of your orders. That's off the hosel 20 for 20% off of your orders. Be a player, as we are talking to a player golf uh, player, uh, Anna Young. <laughs> Let's, uh, Play golf is the best. <laughs> uh, question number one What is your lowest score? Uh, five under. And I've shot it multiple times in very, I think two of the times. So I won once in college with a, my last round of uh, five under. And then um, my first professional win, I think I had a five under there too. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Where is your favorite course to play in Sasaki? Oh, that's so tough. There's so many good ones. I pro- honestly, I'd probably have to say Riverside just because um, it was really cool to play my last amateur event, the Canadian amateur at Riverside as my just my last my last event as an amateur. It was so cool to be at my home course. Mm-hmm. So, a buddy of mine writes in. Kate Johnson asked, "Favorite caddy on the Symmetra Tour?" <laughs> I would have to say Kate Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> He came to caddy for me in uh, an Arkansas event, and I actually hadn't even known him at that point either. I just knew, I texted my oh I texted Danny. I was like, okay, who is here, and who wants the caddy? And um, so I had him caddy for me in Arkansas, and then I actually had Justin Wood caddy for me in Alabama. Who was better? <laughs> well, if I don't say Cade, I'm gonna hear about it. So I better say Cade. Well, what if Woody hears this? He'll be upset now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he's he's pretty chill. I'm sure he'll be okay. 
Alrighty, next question here. Do you intend on staying down in, in south or down south forever, or will you move back to Saskatchewan? You know what? I actually have decided to move back to Saskatchewan. Nice. Um, I've always loved home, and I've loved playing golf, but I always knew that I wanted to do um, something with psychology after golf. The real question was when. So trying to figure that out as, you know, my career's gone um, I've really enjoyed playing golf and I actually, with COVID, um, you know, my original plan was to play part-time and then coach part-time and kind of figure out how I would want to move home. Um, and now I've actually started an online counseling psychology course or nice. yeah, master's degree. So, um, I, my plan is to be home, but currently waiting on COVID and figuring out if I can still play a little bit and coach a little bit and do the school online has been um, super crazy, but also very fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that'd be tough. Um, yeah. What's your favorite course down in the States? Oh, man. There's so many good ones. Um, I would probably say Lake Merced that's in uh, San Francisco. Oh. So they play the LPGA event there. Yeah. And that course is probably one of the toughest courses I've ever played. And like I said before, on tougher courses, I always play really, really good. We were playing in 50-kilometer wind, and I played so good. I shot one over, which doesn't sound super good, but with that course, the greens are so small. Mm -hmm. And with the wind, it was just crazy. I would aim like 40 yards left of the green and it would still end up, you know, on the other side of the green. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I ended up getting in a playoff to get into the LPGA event. Unfortunately, I lost, but such a great course. Nice. So next question here, and you can tell me if you know this person or not, but I believe you follow her. Uh, Fatima <laughs> Carols, is that her name? Yeah, not, not quite the way you say it, but close. <laughs> you say How it? do you say it? Well, that's her Instagram handle. Uh, and her first name? Fatima. 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 Okay, Fatima. sorry, Fatima. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just read it how it was spelled. Sorry. Um, yes, no, that, that is the English way that people would say her name. But it's, it's uh, Spanish. <laughs> so she writes in about four questions here. I'll pick one off here. Um, when are you visiting Spain? Well, probably when COVID is chilled out a little bit, but I really want to go. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> uh, and she also asked, how do you get into fitness and what keeps you going? Um, one, well, fitness has always been a huge part of my life, especially with um, all the sports that I've played. Um, but really, if people are trying to get you know back into the fitness world, I would say you got to do it first thing in the morning when you're not totally awake and you started the workout and you're just kind of going through the motions and then you kind of wake up and all of a sudden you're just motivated because you've got some of this adrenaline going from starting this mini workout. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously eating healthier is, um, I feel like it comes after you've started You're preaching to the out. choir, Anna. We, uh, <laughs> we, we can't figure that out yet. So <laughs> Yeah, do it first thing in the morning, like put on your shoes, just literally go outside, go for a run, or, like, do mm -hmm. jumping jacks in your living room. And then once you get, like, the adrenaline juices flowing, then you're going to be good to go and motivated to do the rest of the workout. Oh. The trick is if you wake up before you do that, then you're like, mm, do I want to do that? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try that uh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm not. I'm hey, sleeping girl, in. let me know how that goes. <laughs> I'll be waiting. <laughs> um, I got one for you here. If you weren't playing golf growing up, like if you didn't want to pursue it, what other sport would you have liked to pursue or just enjoy playing? Just say pursue one more time. Pursue, pursue. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I loved dance um, and I loved volleyball so much. Those probably would be tied, but I, I think if I grew, I would have stuck with volleyball. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. It's a tough sport to play when you're small. part of my life for like <laughs> 10 years. I did all types of dance for 10 years and then somehow – Volleyball and golf got in there and took over. <laughs> um, best memory of being in Florida? Funny story? Any story? Tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's so many. Probably uh, one of my... So when I moved to Orlando, 
after graduating from University of Florida. Um, I had one of my old Tulsa teammates as my roommate, and that was probably that was really cool to learn how the professional world works with golf through her and just being able to get reacquainted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you haven't noticed, all my memories are related to people or, <laughs> you know, good really thing. fun experiences. Because I feel like those things always mean the most, and those are the reasons why you remember them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Anna, so that, that was fun. Did you say that you were, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, counseling or site program online? Yes. So where yes. can people uh, reach you and find out uh, how to sign up and, and get in contact with you? Um, like for counseling? Yeah. Um, well, I have to wait till I'm done the program so I can counsel people as a counselor, (laughs) but, um, you can, if you want to get in touch with me for golf lessons or, um, I haven't, I guess I haven't really promoted it very much, but I would like to think that my mental aspects of the golf game are probably one of my strengths. So if someone was looking for mental game advice, you know, in according to, in accordance to golf then that's something I would happily work with them on. Obviously not as a professional counselor yet, but as a former athlete, as long as they know that there's a distinction between that, I can't, you know, tell people I'm a counselor when I'm not. Yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Anna Young or my golf page, Anna Young Golf on Facebook and yeah, those are probably the easiest places to get a hold of me online. Uh, no free ads, Anna. We'll just in- <laughs> invoice you later on that one. Okay, sounds good. Okay, <laughs> uh, last question here. Ultimate go- golf for some celebrities and then either or PGA or LPGA players. Oh, that one always gets me because I'm so torn between, you know, having, act- you know, actor celebrities or, you know, golfer celebrities. Yep. I feel like they're the same. Like, even though I would want to really play with, like, Jamila Al-Jamil or um, Stephen Curry, it would be really cool to just play with some of the greats in golf. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori, Lori Kane yep. is um, such an ambassador for Canada that I feel like she, she would have to be in my foursome. Um, I'm going to stick with golf people here. And then I would probably want to have... Oh man, this is so hard. There are so many people. Um, okay, Envy Park would be probably one of my next people because so when I watch golf, I look at different parts of people's games. So I don't really, you know, I don't look up to like just one person. People always ask me if I had a favorite golfer, and there was never just one. Um, I always wanted, you know, I was looked at, okay, I really liked Envy's demeanor. She's very chill, very even keel the whole way. You never knew if she had a bad hole or a good hole, and I thought that was really cool. Hmm. Um, so I have Lori Kane, Envy Park, obviously me, and then I would probably have probably Tiger Woods in there. Yeah, that's a pretty standard answer, Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rev, anything else? No, I think we're good. Um, thanks a lot, Anna, for doing this. We appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Excited uh, about the chance to talk to you guys on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on, Anna. Take care, and hopefully we can do this uh, sometime soon. Sounds good. I'll be here. <laughs> Take care. All right, bye. bye. Are you tired of the same old spice, rum, and coke, or any other basic mixed drink? Well, we want to change that. Here at Off the Hazel Crew, we are proud supporters of Last Mountain Distillery. They got so many good choices that will change your world. Just some off the top of our head. Last Melon Distiller Whiskey, Rum, Dill Petrol Vodka, Root Beer Schnapps, and now new, Apple Pie Moonshine. If you haven't already checked out Last Mountain Distillery, for all your mixed bevy needs, Last Mountain Distillery, no questions asked. Alrighty, there it is, the interview with Anna Young. Well, I thought it was a great interview, Hags. What do you think? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, thanks, Anna, for coming on. She had lots of, lots of good stuff to say, so uh, best of luck to her and her future, and yeah, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, and rehab that shoulder and get back 100%. She had a lot of insight on the game and how just, you know, how she got there and, and the commitment she made. Obviously, she mentioned multiple times, you, you know, you miss weddings and, and you miss these certain things in order to get a, another step on the next person you're playing mm-hmm. against. So it was, 
that was a really cool interview with Anna and obviously being from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, it was, I think a lot of people like this interview and I had a lot of fun doing it today. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I think now we don't have much more this week, uh, Reverend Dan. I mean, it's Tuesday night as we're recording this. No Troy today. It's uh, He's working, back working. Miss you, Troy. <laughs> yeah, no Christian today. No, no Christian, uh, no Frankie. No, <laughs> no Frankie. All right, Frankie. So, uh, yeah, he's, they're both out of the house today. But as we said off the top of the show, this is our last show in Timberstone Distribution. Maybe we might come back if we kicked out at Divots, but who knows? Uh, we're excited to head over to Divots, Indoor Golf. You better be playing there this winter. If you're not, then you're dead yeah. to me. <laughs> I'm going to be playing lots. So if, uh, if I'm playing someone that's listening next summer and I beat you, that's on you because I'm terrible. And where'd you practice? Divots. Divots Indoor Golf. Yeah, man. Well, why don't you rip off our social media handles here quickly there, Reverend? Yeah, so at Instagram is underscore off the hosel, Twitter underscore off the hosel, and Facebook off the hosel. And our social media handles are at Coaster Drew, at Coaster Troy, at DHags, two Zs on that one, two Zs on Twitter, Instagram at Coaster Drew, at Yorkco, at Daniel Hagel5. And yeah, I mean, follow us if you want. I mean, we don't have, eh, we have lots of cool stuff post so check us out maybe a big giveaway coming oh yeah actually that's very thank you brought that up friday stay tuned big giveaway this is a nice one this is a good one it's got everything you want you know it's got food it's got manscaped to shave your bush it's got a hat it's got everything everything you need so stay tuned like retweet subscribe check us out anyways anyhow reverend i got uh practice night hockey practice night back into the old hockey grind eh Oh, I love it. So uh, I'm going to say bye. And as always, this has been fun. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Great weekend. Yeah, see you, bro. Love you. Peace. See you guys. Love you. Have a great Tuesday, Wednesday. Enjoy the pod. Thursday, Friday, whenever you listen to this, just enjoy it. Peace.